I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, everyone. This is Future Damla, Editing Damla, coming to you. Um, this episode, when I tell you there was technical difficulty, I really don't quite think you understand. I mean, Elliot sounds flipping fantastic, I have to say. I mean, doesn't Elliot always sound fantastic? But my voice. I had to record off of a different device than I usually record because of all the technical difficulties. And we explain further when you start listening to the actual episode what the other technical difficulties were. But I just want to profusely apologise at the actual... Just uh, me, I, me, damn like I sound awful in this episode. And it's really not up to my standard. It's not up to Elliot's standard. But re-recording, just, it just doesn't feel as authentic because um, we've already spoken about it and the you know part of this podcast is we like to speak about this stuff for the first time together on the pod and just have our organic chats firsthand so I do apologize for the quality of this record it shouldn't happen again um but yeah thank you for bearing with and if you still listen to this episode well done um thank you for putting up with my awful echoey voice but anyway thanks guys Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Damla and Elliot. We are doing this 
differently than usual. She didn't have a visual cue there, but I think she got through it very, very, very well. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing okay. I'm laughing because the absolute shambles of getting this episode recorded. I'm just, I'm just, you know, we're, we're breaking, we're breaking the. There, there's my cat as well, guys. You're gonna hear my cat throughout this whole thing. I'm gonna tell you right now. Honestly, the. She's been very, very needy this evening. There's so much going against us this evening for some reason. Elliot's internet keeps dropping out. My cat won't shut the fuck up. It's all happening. It's all moving and grooving, though, because that's what we're all about. Um, I just find it funny because it's like every avenue we've tried to record tonight, because we really enjoyed looking at each other in general, but also, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, when we record, we'd like to see each other's faces, but unfortunately, the internet is not on our side, so we're having to use our cellular devices like it's flipping 2006. Oh, wait, it is, because two, series two... Uh, oh. Wow! Congratulations again. If this was over uh, FaceTime or one of the other varying visual messaging devices, what I would have done there is waved my hand across my neck to tell Damla not to make a joke because she's not allowed. But she's unrestrained now. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so before we get into the episode, but genuinely, oh, sorry, go sorry. Before before I um before we go on, genuinely though, if you guys hear my cat in the background, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's fine. Uh, there are worse noises to hear in the background of a podcast. Also, she is a spoiled little bitch. Please don't think I neglect her. I genuinely... Uh, th- that cat is like my child, so... Yeah, she just doesn't like being shut out of rooms. She hates it, but there you go. But she is great, to be fair. Yeah. So, Elliot, mm-hmm. um, on to some better news, then. Yes. Not actual Satellite 5 news, guys, but, but like, something nice has happened again for the third time now. For the third time now, we have an email. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what's... <laughs> I just like the way you said that. Sorry. That made... <laughs> well, it's just, you know, I just, you go, for the third time now, and then me just kind of, like, flounder around in dead air and then go, oh, yeah, we have an email. I wanted to sort of give it some continuity, <laughs> like it was a build into something, rather than me just being like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Because it's <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, go on. So Dan was right. For the third time now, we have an email. We have correspondence. It's a lovely, lovely email that I can only apologise for as well because we were meant to receive this evidently on the second of October. We did not receive it, but we have received it today, um, and it goes as follows: Hey guys, I'm Gabby. She, they, very important. I've heard your podcast through TikTok, and I've listened to all the episodes in the last couple of days. Finally, a Doctor Who podcast by other queer people who also don't like Moffat's writing. I'm honestly uh. so happy we fill that niche. <laughs> My brain chemistry was also permanently affected by watching Doctor Who as a 13-year-old, not to mention Billy Piper being a not-so-small part of my gay awakening. Lol. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to say, one of my favourite small moments in The Passing Aways is right when Nine is about to regenerate and Warriors worriedly asks if there's anything he can do. And he goes, yeah, I'm doing it now, in an almost annoyed tone. Like, uh, yeah, right now, actually. Stop freaking out. I always thought that bit was hilarious. Thank you for helping my boring work shifts be a bit more enjoyable when I can listen to you two. Have a great day. And that is from Gabby. Gabby? Gabby, that was that was delightful. Gabby, you made my afternoon because both your DM and your email and your forward email all came through whilst I was sat at my desk not doing anything. So that was 
Lovely. Gabby, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually so fucking done. Okay. <laughs> Gabby, thank you so... <laughs> I was things you can't even see me, so I was completely straight faced as well. It's even funnier that I can't see you though, I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> it's because I could be laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Right. So Gabby, thank you so much for that email. It was honestly so nice I'm sorry I'm in a really silly mood I need to just I just need to walk through this I can't stop I've had I've said thank you Gabby about seven times I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stop now okay Um, look I I think I think we've all learned a valuable lesson here today which is that sometimes Daniela has absolute trouble controlling her laughter and sometimes she just needs me to take over from admin so Honestly, Gabby, I really appreciate your email. It really made me smile. It was really nice to hear from you. I really, really hope that you have a lovely evening and that you enjoy this episode of Come Along Bond, which is specifically just for you. For all the three people that have emailed us, this episode is for you. Um, if you <laughs> if you want to get in touch, what's the email, Elliot? That is comealongpondpod at gmail.com. You can hear more about that on our social media channels at the end of the show. Whoever sends an email, we always read it out at the start of an episode. Yes. Uh, it may not be read out, like, so if you sent it recently and then you're, you still haven't heard the email and you're like, oh, I did send them an email, it's, it's because we tend to pre-record a few episodes. So just wait and you'll hear it. And we will usually try and get back to your email asking if you want it to be read out, if you're happy for it to be read out, anonymity, things like that, and what episode it will be attached to, just so you can prepare yourself for when that's going to happen. Correctamundo. A word I've never said before and hopefully never thought again. Exactly. Uh, and then, right, one last tiny bit of admin, because you really need to get into the episode, because Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one last tiny little thing that we just want to address is that when you are listening to this the Power of the Doctor would have aired, which is very exciting. It's come out on Tuesday. Power of the Doctor would have come out on Sunday. Was it good? We don't know. We've not seen it yet because this is being recorded in advance. Ooh, spooky. Like time travel. So hopefully soon, maybe next week, maybe end of this week, we don't actually know yet, but there will be a special episode on the Power of the Doctor coming to you in your pod feeds. Obviously, we'll post about it Absolutely. on the social media channels. So just keep an eye out for it. But there will be a Power of the Doctor episode. Indeed you do. Well, well, I think uh, with that, it's it's time to go back to school. Oh, nice. So today we are talking about School Reunion, that is Series 2, Episode 3 of Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 29th of April 2006, directed by James Hawes, and it was written by Toby Whithouse, first-time contributor to New Who Reboot, Toby Whithouse. 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 (laughs) Hi, Toby. Hello, Toby. (laughs) Friend of the show, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, obviously. So, Damla, I am aware of what IMDb thinks this episode is about. 
I know what Google thinks it's about. But I want to know what you think it's about. I'll tell you what I think it's about. I think it's about the fact that if you ever wanted to poison children, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. just put it in some chips because everyone will eat it and they won't, no questions asked. Do you know what I mean? Damn, it's foolproof plan for murder there. Honestly, though, those chips in that episode look stunning. They do look very good, to be fair. I was really hungry. I was I was watching this on my lunch break at work and I was <laughs> eating food, but I was simultaneously like really hungry watching it. So there you go. Yeah. Packed lunch can't Fun quite times. compare to uh, lovely chips. Exactly. Oh, chips. Love chips. Oh, I think they're gorgeous. Sorry, sorry. No, they are. They really are. So, Elliot, what do you think it's about? I think this episode is a wonderful lesson in how even an intergalactic race of murderous scavengers who rip off the best bits of other races and bolt them onto themselves. Even they are more progressive than our conservative government because at least they give free school meals. Iconic. (laughs) Genuinely, every time he says that, he's like, oh, the school dinners are free. I was like, oh, fuck, that's so good. Maybe these crudites aren't so bad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And do you know what? I second that. I think, I think that's the gag. That's the gag, goodle and doodle. <laughs> um, so, I mean, right right up top, mm. Anthony Head is looking camp right in the eye. It's giving. It's he, giving with the little star emoji. He is so good. I am so glad that they got him as guest star. Well, here's the thing, right? Let me just say this. Let me preface what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> little inside joke for the podcast fam if you know you know um, <laughs> damn just troubled catchphrase yeah <laughs> Ant- Anthony Hayes we all know him as Giles let's be honest or in, from Merlin the iconic show Merlin um, listen I'm going to say something and it's going to sound bad but it's not I mean it in the best way he's not actually good in this episode it's actually quite it's actually quite bad but it's played to be that way. He he is doing exactly what is demanded of the character, and what is demanded of the character is insane, silly camp delivery that I absolutely adore. I just he's got some one liners in this, right? Oh yeah. However, I have an issue, and I don't like to start with an issue or a neg or a negative. A negative line. Negativo. A negativo. Uh, I, the Crinitane are a bit shit. Ooh, is that controversial? I don't know. I mean, the idea of the Crinitane is interesting. And the idea is? What they do with, like, Anthony Head is quite interesting. I think the start of the episode is quite creepy. But generally they are just a generic villain, bat creature... There's not much about them. I'd like the Crudite actually to be brought back and maybe made darker and more well-realised with sort of modern effects. But i got to say, it doesn't really bother me because they're just the foil to let us have a really fun, and I mean fun, episode of Doctor Who. It's very, very... Uh, I mean, look, uh, just to just to basically explain myself, I just found everything a bit too convenient and the fact that 
they're giving they've got this oil on the chips, right? Mm-hmm. That is gorgeous, as Rose said. Uh, the chips are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact they only cook the chips in that oil as well. Why didn't they cook it? The, cook the vegetables in that oil. I mean, it makes zero sense as to why. If it was just Russell being like, "Look, chips are the food," and probably I'm going to go if with. there's if there's food that kids are going to eat, maybe chips. True, but if you just put in all of it, like Kenny, is it Kenny who can't eat chips? Mm. And what I don't know why he can't eat chips. Is that a fat phobic thing that they're doing? Because I'm not here for it. Probably, mum's put him on a diet. Thirteen year old kid. Disgusting, but anyway. Um, but I just feel like they should have put the oil on the vegetables and the chips, you know, and like the kids learning is accelerated by the oil. But how? Why is that? Maybe I'm looking into it too deeply. But I think I think you are. I think you're being exceptionally harsh on what is just. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not in like a, not in a. I'm gonna have a. I've got a bone to pick with you kind of way. But just in like a. I don't think this is any more outlandishly convenient than the plot in New Earth or uh, Tooth and Claw, but we're, you're going way in harder on the plot devices here. I don't know, I just, it just, it did bother me a tad. Okay, well Damla hates fun. No, I love fun. You know I love fun. I just... I was really, the... I, I thought this was going to be, a, I thought it was going to be a fun little... No, I don't hate <laughs> this episode. Please don't get me wrong. Damla hates the episode, everybody. You can go home now. I don't hate the episode. <laughs> Festival. No, no, I know. Going. We all have those. We all have those episodes where, even though Doctor Who is generally logicless and convenient, especially in series two, we all have those like couple of episodes where, for some reason, it just doesn't quite work for us. Oh God, the girl in the fireplace. Um, so <laughs> it's fine. Oh dear, we're gonna have an interesting chat next week. Yeah. So. It's fine. I've, yeah, we we all have our breaking point, as it were. No, I do though, because I don't want to be accused of not enjoying. I, I'm fun, okay. I'm a lot of fun, so fuck you. No, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> what would the criticism be if it was not for Anthony Head's incredible performance? And I say incredible, and I don't mean incredible as in incredible. I mean incredible as in uh, wow. That's wow. It was a incredible. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I understand where you're coming from. Another person who was... In fact, everyone was on top form, I have to say, as always. I mean, who isn't on top form in Doctor Who uh, during the series, to be honest? like True. You know, uh, Billy, David, Liz. Good old Liz. Oh. oh. We'll get to it. Yes. We'll get to it. Let's just say, um, please, we don't... I'd not really. I just think... This the little so like Mickey, the Doctor, Rose, Sarah Jane, that little foursome really work and uh, like really well. Um, yeah, it's good. And yeah, team. all the actors were on top form for that. Um, I mean, fuck you, Noel Clark, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, yeah, it's this is this is the year of tolerable Mickey. Series two, Mickey, the character, he. Is way more likable. This is where he, this is his era of being likable. Does that make sense? So like this episode, next week's episode, the episode after that. You know that this little section is where he like just gets less irritating. Mm. And he is decidedly better in yes. Rise of the Side Men and Age of Steel. Yeah, Mickey is yeah. Just to emphasize yes. Mickey. Mickey the character, 
not Noel Clark, the piece of shit actor. But yeah, no, I think essentially. This is ta- this is tangent. It's not even. I was gonna say tangent city. It's not even tangent city. It's tangent cul-de-sac. I feel like we're down no, a dead end. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Sorry. Something that I find quite interesting is because obviously when I was watching this episode the first ever time watching it, I was in school. I was literally, I think, because every is that secondary school or primary? That's secondary, right? It's a secondary. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was in primary when I watched this, obviously. Um. And I did find it quite odd because I, I I was never a big fan of school, to be honest. Um, but this made me, <laughs> not going to lie, this made me think, oh my God, what is something like this happening at my school? That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, could you imagine, though, if you were one of the children who, like if that was your school that they filmed out? Yeah. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. But do you know what would be even more cool is if, a man as good looking as David Tennant walked into my room trying to teach me a lesson, I would not be concentrating. Yeah, although I don't even think David Tennant can make physics tolerable for me. I hate physics. Physics? Physics. Physics, 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 physics. physics. I hope someone's getting this down. I hope, I hope you're writing it down. Uh, weird, weird thing about watching this episode is that whilst the dinners are free, uh, they always looked... Kind of horrible to me. There's too much, too much odd texture differences going on. There are plastic tray, which is a textural no-no for me. Um, yeah. Which also part of why I didn't like school dinners when I was in school either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a weird sort of curry kind of thing. But apparently there's also apple pie and custard. I don't know. It just all looks very, very horrible. Too many peas for my liking. Yeah, I like a good pea, but you gotta have, you gotta be, able, you gotta be able to balance it out. If it's all, if it's all petty point, I'm not involved. <laughs> Another thing about David, sorry, going back to my point that is now redundant and annoying and no one cares. <laughs> redundant and annoying, but also backing back, backing to that. He was really using the alphabet in this episode. We've got physics. We've got just correct the mundo. We've got morning class. I don't know. Just every, he, He's just using the roof of his mouth. I don't know. Yeah. It, we, have ha- he, we have happy slappy hoodies. We do. With asbos and ringtones. With asbos and ringtones. That's sick, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, which is very funny because of the way he delivers it, but, you know, it's very 2006, isn't it? Yes, asbos. Asbo. God. God. Um, something else I enjoy as well, just while we were touching on Mickey earlier, and then we can move off of him. Uh, he also hacks the army again. Again. Oh, undercover Mickey again. Again. Bart Torch would lock him out this time, so it's fine. As they should, because you know what, Mickey, shut up. So yeah, something I had only noticed this time, and probably because of our podcast analysis, is when Rose is kind of covertly watching the dinner ladies, which, by the way, great scene, incredibly camp, I love it. Yeah. She has to hang up because one of them has got oil spilled on her. He's very clearly <laughs> yeah. in pain. Yeah. And when she hangs up, Mickey, who has called her for help, who knows there is something going on, when she hangs up, looks at his phone, rolls his eyes. Fuck off, dude. Well, do you know what I noticed? Uh, no, go on. They were literally on the verge of dirty talk before the oil poured on her. <laughs> like, what's that about? Yeah. I, t- I totally missed cringy, that last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not not for me. Not for me, not thank you. Not for me. But yeah, again, their relationship is in such a strange place. 
Yeah, she is all over the place in this episode. Because, I mean, there's something that happens towards the end, which we will also yeah. discuss. But yeah, I just, you know, regardless of my opinions on whether or not this is a healthy or normal relationship, I just think that if you've called someone in to help in a situation, then they have to go and deal with the situation that you've called them in to help for. You shouldn't tut at them and roll your eyes, you literal human piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, kind of counterproductive. However, I do love the weird camp little scene when Rose asks if the dinner lady's okay, and they're like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. And then she bursts into flames and starts screaming. And then that one dinner lady goes, she's okay. She does that. <laughs> just it's yeah, so just does good. it. Just does it. That dinner lady was also giving. Oh, yeah. She said, I really am just here for two lines, and I'm going to make the most of them. I'm here for the memes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then uh, we see Elizabeth Sladen oh. for the first time. <laughs> right. I... Can I say something about this? Mm-hmm. Because what they could have done very easily, like very easily, but they didn't, and I'm glad they didn't, is they could have had where David... David, sorry, Ten is in the staff room with the other teachers and then she walks in and they have that lovely moment. But what they had is her having her own moment as the first thing we see her in. Like, she's do she's here on her own accord. She's doing her own investigative journalism, undercover things. And then you get that lovely scene. So you're kind of showing, like, oh, she's not just here to serve the Doctor, you know? Yeah. And I love and, that. Yeah, and she's she's her own character in her own right. She's not just here to go, look, this is someone that you remember from the past. Yeah. Um yeah, it's great, and I love I love that little scene beforehand. She's so headstrong and doing all those investigative journalism things, and she looks amazing. She looks amazing. And I'm so happy that they brought her back. Yeah, I I think obviously this episode was probably a tester to see if Sarah Jane Adventures is something anyone would be interested in. And of course, we were all frothing at the mouth for it. Um, unless it was already in, uh, in like motion and then, you know, I don't know. But I'm just guessing this they were going to trial it out. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest, if this was a backdoor pilot or if it was already going ahead. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe they got the idea after they saw how popular she was. And for for young me as well, it was very awakening, as in it got me interested. Not enough to ever sort of watch necessarily full episodes. I did watch a couple here and there. But it got me interested in a different era of the show. Yeah. Um, and I know Tom Baker's a very accessible doctor, and everybody likes Tom Baker, but it got me sort of into Tom Baker at a very young age. What I found really sweet is that, obviously when the Doctor sees Sarah Jane for the first time, and he's just, he's got that glee on his face. He's so, he can't even believe his eyes, right? What's really cool about this is that it's probably a mix of David's actual pure glee and excitement slash the Doctor's glee and excitement. Because obviously, let's not forget, David, when he was a kid, was a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Um, and grew up with, with that era. Exactly. Um, and... He's probably just like, I'm acting against Elizabeth Sladen, my childhood icon, right now. 
And I can sense that in the scene. He just, his excitement is palpable. I can feel it myself, you know? I think whilst, I, I love that. I love his face. He's so happy and sort of awestruck and doesn't really know what to feel. There's something about the way that after Anthony Head sort of introduces her, um, you know, he says, good to get the view from the uh, trenches, and, you know, very camp, uh, and then leaves, that she just looks at him and obviously she doesn't know he's, he's the Doctor, and just does that really lovely story about the way she just goes, hello. It's lovely. It's actually very doctory, isn't it? Yeah. It's so sweet. And every time she says it, I always go, oh. I imagine that's just how how Elizabeth Sladen would say hello to people. It's hello. I, oh. It, honestly, when I watch this episode, I do get sad because obviously she passed. Is it nearly 10 years ago now? Oh, okay, no, I don't know. It was 2011, so even, yeah, so it was over 10 years ago. That's insane. Even longer that, than I thought, yeah. That feels like not long ago to me. Yeah. And she just looks, she looks so youthful, full of life, full of energy, full of chutzpah. Yeah, chutzpah. yeah. So, no, it's, it's, that I think is what makes it sadder is that she does look so youthful and vibrant and beautiful and ready to go. Glorious, classy woman. And as selfish sounding as it is, I'm just very, very glad that she got to fulfil her part for the rest of the year. I know, of course, she didn't get to finish doing more Sarah Jane adventures, but I'm really glad that she got through the Russell era. I can't wait to talk about Sarah Jane adventures with you. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I've purposely not watched the uh, Farewell Sarah Jane thing. <gasps> nah, you're not ready. No, you're not ready. Like I've, I know, that's the thing, I've like purposely not watched it because I want to experience it as part of the thing, because I know that obviously what, I know that Farewell Sarah Jane will make me cry. On, all I'll say is this. When that episode aired, I was a mess. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, on to happier things. You know, this episode, iconic. She is honestly, like, putting all of that stuff aside. Because I feel like some people do like to glorify certain individuals just because they've died and, like, kind of look at everything with rose-tinted glasses, right? Genuinely not the case. She was on fire in this. Like, when... When she sees the TARDIS again, with that Dutch angle, I mean, Dutch angle galore. I mean, Jesus Christ. This episode was made of Dutch angles. Everything was on a slant the entire time. But yeah, so she sees the TARDIS, her, action, her reaction, and then when she sees the Doctor again, and she's like, I can't believe it's you. Oh my God. And her face, just, she's, honestly, Liz Sladen really did that. And Tennant is very good at doing the... Actually, I'm going to show here that I am uh, an older man in a just a young man's body. He's yeah. very able to embody that kind of commanding man who's seen everything present. Just by his stance and his face, that one hand in the pocket and that sort of relatively stern look on his face and just the way he goes, hello, Sarah. It's oh, very oh. haunting. Yeah, agreed. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> That's just how I hear it in my head every time. Because she started off with John Pertwee, right? Yeah, she uh, she started in season 11, John Pertwee's final season, and she's very good in that. And then obviously she's with four, and then he leaves her yeah. in Croydon, except it's not Croydon, it's Aberdeen, but whatever. Yeah, I think that ties in very nicely in this, though, where 
he leaves her in the hand of fear um, at the beginning of season 14. Yeah. Uh, she only gets two stories in season 14. So he leaves her at the end of Hand of Fear. And yeah, and then obviously goes off to do the events of uh, the Deadly Assassin because he's called back to Gallifrey. Um, and then all the events happen on Gallifrey. Uh, but it's all, it doesn't make you feel stupid for not knowing what the Deadly Assassin is or what season 14 is. They just sort of cover it very nicely. And it's nice if you know because you can go, oh, that's that bit there. But you you don't need to know. They sum it very well. The events of the Five Doctors is where the timeline gets a bit confusing for me because, and forgive me if I'm sounding stupid about this, but also Sarah Jane comes back. She's pulled by that weird pyramid sucky thing in the sky. Forgive me. I don't know what that is called. Um, So the pyramid weird sucky thing in the sky. I don't know what it's called. I forget the triangle uh, sucks. Yeah. Sarah Jane from her home to the death zone on Gallifrey where she sees three again, the doctor. Mm-hmm. So she has seen the doctor again. However, yeah. I do think maybe they, at the end of the episode, again, I haven't seen the five doctors in a little while. I think they all forget what happens to be fair at the end. Yeah. I can't say for certain because I, I haven't actually seen the five doctors. Um <gasps> A classic episode that I've seen and you haven't. I know Scandals. it's one of Damla's only one of Damla's only reference points for the classic series, and she holds it over me that I've not watched it. Um, yeah, I, I don't like Molly Doctor specials; they're generally bad. Um, yeah, that's right. That includes the three Doctors. Um, the five Doctors is really good. Shut up. But anyway, God, I'm going bloody around the houses down the bloody drains just to make this point. I don't know. I would assume. That Russell knows more than I do, but also, I don't know. I would assume that Toby Whithouse knows more than I do, but I don't know. I would assume that something makes those events maybe non-canonical, or that they forget and they have their memories wiped, or it's just better storytelling to pretend that it all ended towards the Deadly Assassin rather than with the Five Doctors. But who knows? Maybe it's because they were with three. It feels like it was earlier in the time stream. I have no. Either way, I wanted to bring idea. the point up because it's 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 a good point to make, even if I. No, it, it is, is a, a good point question, to make. I wish you know. that I could. I wish that I could offer more to it than I don't know because it is a good and genuinely interesting point to make. Um, I would like to hear some concrete answers on this. You can contact us with your ideas, your theories, but please, please. Don't try and mansplain the five doctors to Damler. I will go after you. Yeah, and I will kick you. Um... <laughs> but if you want, if you want to have a fucking rumble about how the, about how multi doctor specials are terrible, then come at me. No, actually, do 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 come at Elliot because that's that's a problem. Um, please, please don't. Anyway, some actually speaking of something else that annoys me about this episode. I'm not. Trying, I'm trying not to be negative about this episode. I don't actually hate this episode. I genuinely don't. There's just a few negative things I'm not here for. Rose's jealousy. I've mentioned this before, but in this episode, my God, she's a little brat. Nah. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I I like I like how Billy acts the jealousy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, yeah. Important like it, distinction. Yeah, it's funny in some scenes. But generally, it's pretty oh, you know, he's never mentioned, yeah. 
Yeah, that like scene where they're walking through the corridor, and she's like, "Oh yeah, let let me think." She's like, "No, never heard of you." You know, that's that's quite fun, but generally, it is pretty boring and bitter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sarah Jane does, you know, kind of talk down to her a little bit, like, "Oh, have you not got to that bit yet in school?" and or whatever, and that would annoy me as well. But then it's like yeah. Rose takes it to another level of intense jealousy. But then again, we're at the precipice. We are right in there. Because Ten essentially calls Rose the love of his life in this episode, in that nice little moment that they have. Um, well, it's not a nice moment, but it is a nice no- moment when they're outside the cafe after they've just had chips and spoken about canine. We'll get to canine, I promise. And he's like, you know, you can spend the rest of your life with me, but I can't spend the rest of mine with you. That's the curse of the Time Lords. It was giving Edward and Bella before Bella got <laughs> bit by Edward. Do you know what I mean? I mean, genuinely, I sort of forgot about this exchange and it genuinely made my heart flutter. It's so romantic. When he's like, you know, I, would, I wouldn't do that to you, not you. And it's like, first of all, Sarah Jane's really special, so mm, you're lost. Second of all, it's giving Ten and Rose goodness, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, it it's very... It's like, it cut deep, but in the best way. All I was, what I was going to say was it, 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 made, it made me... Flutter just a little, yeah. When he says the, I, I can't age, I regenerate. Humans die, you wither and decay. But then it's that. Imagine what. Imagine watching that happen to someone you, and he has to hold back, and she's like, "Someone you what?" And it's like, oh, "Come on." And guess what? This is gonna come up later on in this series. Does it need saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it needs I know, saying. It's so sad. He never gets to say it until right at the end. There, it's very beautiful. Until ten two says it, which is just ugh, like it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It's not the fucking same, is it? <laughs> Fuck me. Um, anyway, I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy the little uh, cafe side thing, but there's a point that I want to bring up, which means we also need to talk about K nine, just to make this point. Yes. So, I mean, I think bringing K nine back into this was also inspired. So I love K9. Affirmative. It's so great. I, everything. The I mean, I think I said it last week, but as you know, the, the phrase K9 lives in my head rent-free all of the time. <laughs> yeah. He's so happy. And everything, just the, oh, what's the naughty lady done to you? It's amazing. That's uh, great. I love K9's voice. Affirmative. It's, it's so cute. Great. And like, K9 was always a bit of camp fun anyway. Um... I'm glad they actually figured out how to get the prop to work. Yes. Yes. Because Tom's stories were very famous for having to have K9 written out of it because they couldn't get the bloody prop to do anything. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's one. I can't remember what episode it is now. Um, but there is genuinely uh, a season that starts off with um, the fourth Doctor working on K9 because he has laryngitis. And that's just a way of of getting Kanan out of the story because they couldn't get him working. I mean, it's very fun with him sort of sitting there tinkering away. I mean, he's like, how does a dog get laryngitis? It is very funny. But, uh, yeah. And of course, also, if you've ever seen uh, The Leisure High of the opening to season 18, as you all know by now, Kanan just fucking yeets himself into the ocean at Brighton and blows up. <laughs> he yeets himself? He just wheels down the beach into the water. He's like, do you know what? I love you, but I ain't staying here. 
Ramada too is just like sat in a deck chair and looks up and she just goes K9 and he just wheels himself into the ocean and explodes. Just for no reason <laughs> at all, other than fuck what? it. I felt like it. I yeah, I don't I can't I can't remember if it's an accident. I assume it's just meant to be an accident, but it does kind of look like he just goes, Oh fuck this. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Question, though. You know that K9 show that no one talks about? K9 and Company. Have you ever seen it? Um, wait, are we, is it K- K9 and Company or is it the weird, like, Australian K9 thing? It's the Australian K9 thing, I think. But yeah, it's a show about K9. So I haven't seen that one. Um, Maybe we'll because... watch it one day and review it. <laughs> if we get that desperate for content, um, <laughs> we should actually watch Canine and Company. To be fair, because it was a sort of planned spin-off in the eighties with Sarah Jane and Canine um, that didn't work, but it is now available on the. I think it's the season fourteen Blu-ray set. It does have Canine and Company on it, remastered and restored. So. Wait, so it's Canine and Company and then another show. Oh, okay, I, I thought there was only the one that was like the weird. It's almost like not in the Doctor Who universe, but it, but it was... And Canine looks different as well. Yeah, Canine and Company is like a proper, officially sanctioned BBC right. Doctor Who spin-off. Elizabeth Sladen's in it as Sarah Jane. It's the proper Canine. And then there is a shit Australian one where Canine is like not Canine. See, I was talking about the Australian one, but we should definitely watch Canine and Company. We'll definitely do that. Oh, there we are. Okay, so it's so it's season it's uh season eighteen. So if you have the season eighteen collector set, uh, or the standard packaging reissued like I have because I'm cheap, um, you can find your Blu-ray copy of Canine and Company on the bonus disc with a lovely picture of Elizabeth Sladen with Canine there. So that would have been. For season 18 so I think that might have also been when K9 left the show officially as well I think they kill him in the they kill him quote unquote in the ledger hive just to get K9 out of the show so yeah well worth having the any of the classic Blu-ray sets to be honest but yeah season 18 you've got K9 and company in lovely Blu-ray 
We're definitely going to watch that and review that. Yeah, I've never watched Canine Company, actually. I'm excited. Watch when this becomes my favourite thing on the planet. Love Canine! Anyway, again, like I said earlier, round the houses, down the bloody drains. Just to make one point, which is, I love Canine. Canine is great. We love Canine and Company, I'm sure. Maybe. But... All this talk about, oh, here's a metal dog from the future. How could we possibly get parts for him? Because all of the technology inside canine could rewrite the entire history of the human race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just prop him up on a fucking table in a cafe. It's great. There's a woman behind the counter just watching. Do you know what? They really said, mind your business. Mind <laughs> your damn business. Mind your bloody business. I I enjoy a cafe because I I like the I like the conversation that Sarah and uh, the doctor have. I don't like Mickey kind of saying Rose to lay off chips was a bit weird. Well, no, I think see that at first I thought I, uh, I I understand the reason. I still don't like it. See, at first I thought it was him basically hinting at something not very nice. But I think it's that, because she, she is eating in a very stressed manner where she's just like shoving them into her mouth and he's like, you should really lay off the chips, like, you're going to probably choke. That's the, that's how I took that. Well, see, I think he's saying, if you want to be like, a, you know, if you want to be fit and attractive for the doctor, stop shoveling chips into your mouth. See, I didn't take it like that. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised though, it is 2006. This is true. If anyone wants to weigh in on that, let me know. But I took it the other way. I will always look for the absolute worst in humanity, especially with... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Rose and Sarah Jane, I want to go back to that for a second. As much as I hate the jealousy and I hate women pitting themselves against each other, hate it, hate it, hate it with burning passion, the argument which leads into the giggle first is great. Like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Try me. Try me, bitch. Mummies. I've seen ghosts. Slovene in Downing Street. Daleks! That's my favourite one. <laughs> no, my favourite oh, is... Oh. Uh, Daleks met the Emperor. That's my favourite. Met the Emperor. The Loch Ness Monster. As you say, I like Sarah's desperate. The Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. It's a shame they have to go through the arguing and the jealousy in this, but when we get to the sort of end and, you know, I don't want to rush all the way forward, but we are loosey-goosey, we are maverick podcasters. We don't always do things in order, and I really, really love, right at the end, just girls supporting girls. I'm glad that you brought it up, though, because I do want to go to the end for a second, because I just want to kind of end the chat about Rose's annoying tendencies in this episode here. So I want to talk about this. When Mickey asks to come along, which is fair enough, and again, I really, I'm glad that he did come along in this because he was really, you know, he's 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 great comedic relief. Um, he provides that more kind of, I don't know. I I think he really balances out because for a lot of people, it's like because if you just get intense ten and rose energy all the time, it would be a bit of an overload, and I don't think you'd appreciate it as much. So it's good that he's kind of there to balance it out. But but um when he's like, you know, I want to come as well. And Ted's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And Rose is just like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> and she looks so annoyed. I, I, 
I do. I love that. Word. Just because he can't even, Mickey can't even see her face, and he's like, he's like, oh, as long as that's right. And she goes, yeah, sure, great, why not? No, she's like, yeah, great, why not? And it's like, bro, you're like, you're so rude. To me, again, I do understand. I think I'm glad that he does join from uh, a narrative perspective. However, I guess if this episode basically taught you the sometimes it's okay that someone has exes and that you can just kind of get over it and that she does properly love him, then right at the end of your kind of half-boyfriend, half-not-boyfriend to be like, oh, I'm going to come too, you would be like, oh, my fucking God, dude. I genuinely think, though, because obviously the whole, the whole Mickey and Rose relationship at this point is extremely complicated. I do wish they had just let the romance element go. Like... Mm. They, they wouldn't even have to address it. Like, literally, it would have been perfect if, obviously, the parting of the ways, it was kind of it was kind of obvious that it wasn't the same. And Mickey still helped Rose in quite a... I, I found that in quite a friendly way. And then in New Earth, instead of kissing goodbye, he just, like, hugged her goodbye. Right? Yeah. And then... You know, he comes along on these adventures and they just act like pals. Then it would have just been like, they obviously just naturally decided to separate and they didn't want to make a big thing of it because they still care about each other. That would have been fine. But we still have all this rubbish in the middle and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, just sort of kills the pacing just a, a little bit, you know, sort of stunts character growth. It does. I think they've done it because they obviously want to have that love triangle element, which I hate. Yeah, love triangles are never as... Writing tip: Love triangles never interest as interesting as you think they are. Agreed. Um, yeah. So, honestly, the confrontations or wrap up that they do for the episode, I find engaging to watch, but there is not a lot of content to talk about. With this episode, it's like comedy moment, serious moment, comedy moment, serious moment, comedy moment. Confrontation, conversation, serious conversation, comedy moment, serious conversation by Paul, comedy moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like every time there's a serious. To be fair, this adds to the funny campness of Anthony Head's character. Like, anytime something serious happens, he just steps into a room like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, like, as much as I enjoy, I really enjoy the dialogue based confrontation that happens in the swimming pool. It is really interesting look for a purely talking sort of confrontation to happen in. They have a really intense share of dialogue. They're actually both performing really well, but the whole time I'm just going, it doesn't need to be in a swimming pool. Like, they've just literally picked, like, what's the what's the coolest place in the school we can have it in? It's the swimming pool. But it makes no sense why Anthony Head's character, Mr. Finch, is just sort of standing against the swimming pool wall. And, like, especially because you've seen him in the staircase and they've had a little sort of Mexican standoff already and then, like, Anthony Head walks off and then and then Ten goes into the swimming pool. He's just, like, leant up against the wall. It, it was giving Sherlock, but better. I was about to say, no, I literally wrote down it's giving Sherlock vibes, but obviously that was filmed years later. Um... I think they could have just had it where, like, they waited for the the students to, like, go into the classrooms and then have a chat on the stairs. That would have been cool. Yeah, like, can you imagine that shot, that really nice Dutch angle of Tennant holding the railing? Another Dutch angle? <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you had had that Dutch angle there, like you said, of 
pretend standing holding the railing. And then you'd had like just those kids filter out of frame, and then they'd have that conversation from the top of the stairs, like down to the bottom. Also, yeah. would have been very interesting. I think it would have been way more visually interesting. The blocking would have been interesting. I can imagine. Yeah. I'm not a director, but that would have been an interesting <laughs> thing to block. I just feel like the blocking for that bit in the swimming pool was like, right, uh, Anthony, David, uh, stand on opposite sides of the pool and then walk downwards and then you meet at the end. Inspired. Yeah, like it is, it, again, it is a really good setting for that kind of confrontation. It's just very confusing that they chose to do that when it made basically no sense. But there we are. Another thing, sorry, do you know what? Maybe I don't like this episode as much as I thought I did. But when the kids are using the computers, right, because obviously they, they're eating the chips, they're getting, you know, their learning's being accelerated and they're cracking codes, you know, they're doing the thing. Yeah. When they're, like, typing on the computers, it would not be nearly as good or intense if Murray's score wasn't there. If Murray's score wasn't there... It just wouldn't. It would have been funny. It would have been funny. Oh yeah, because yeah, because they are just hitting keys on a keyboard. I don't know. There's just a lot of this episode that I think wouldn't have been as good if Murray wasn't present. Like his his music wasn't present. I think there's a lot of Doctor Who that wouldn't be anywhere near as good if Murray wasn't present. Yes, this is a good point, but especially Actually, this episode, yeah. I find. Yeah, this episode, and then especially a big majority of Stephen Moffat stuff. No, I don't agree with that fully, but we'll get to it. Ruin the ter- ruin the show forever. Oh god, is this still recording? Oh dear. <laughs> so it's been a long, long time since I've been able to say this, but you were talking earlier about Sarah Jane and Rose having that little confrontation, and we have a cameo in that scene. I think a cameo, a cameo. I've watched that scene. There's only three people in it. What do you mean a cameo? I am talking, my friends, about Shireen. Oh my god, I had a note about this. I was going to say it for the end. But yeah, Shireen She's gets back. mentioned. The bitch is back. Um, I need I need to know, I need to see Shireen. It, it has to happen at some point. We've had radio silence from Shireen for a very long time. And as you know, I've made it my mission to call out any reference to Shireen on this podcast. Yeah. Because I am interested in Rose Tyler's friend group. And we had another yep. little reference to Shireen. Which is the only time they've ever fought is over a man. Yep, they have. And honestly, I think Rose is honestly a bad friend. Like she, she never checks in on this girl. I wonder. I wonder how Shireen's doing. What's she doing now? I hope something good. Well, I have a feeling that like she probably thinks that Rose is just completely dead because she saw her name on the list of the dead from Battle of Canary Wharf and went, "Oh, well, that explains that then." Yeah, that's depressing, isn't it? God. Anyway, physics. <laughs> Canine oh, dying. That's fun. Oh, he does. He literally sacrifices himself. When he's like, goodbye, master. Oh, I love that. And I love the Ten's final, not final words, just usual good dog. Is it affirmative? Do you know what? It's, it's silly, but like, I don't have a dog. I wish I did, but I have a cat. Um, that sounds really bad when I said that. Um, no, I love my cat. I just, I also want a dog. I want both in my life at the same time but when I was like canine was being all cute it just made me think of my cat and I wanted to cry a little bit except my cat Um, wouldn't sacrifice herself for the greater good she would she would she would literally just be like and this is my problem how? (laughs) (laughs) there are lots of little bits over the confrontation that I I do personally enjoy Um, 
like again you can make arguments about whether or not it's actually good but when that like first quillotin gets shot like anti head scream his, his screaming is just incredible in this genuinely good but for the purpose it's serving i really like it he just opens his mouth and just this horrible noise seeps out kind of like this podcast one <laughs> yeah one of the screams he does i think they took a screenshot and just like rotated on it oh yeah one yeah one of them looks incredibly fake like not as not as in yeah i agree with you basically yeah there is definitely a shot where either anthony head is like turning in extreme slow mo or they've fucked it's a still it. image yeah yeah still gnarly as hell there so kind of because obviously i feel like with this episode we don't have much to say in terms of content it's more about characters i feel like we've covered a lot of that like with sarah jane and rose and ten like you know rose is extremely she's going through it clearly i don't know what's going on but she's going through it to be fair if i was going to be a dinner lady Oh yeah, I don't. I actually, I don't like that. I, I do like this episode. I think I'm gonna like it more than you, but I don't like the sort of weird, underlying sort of almost implied that the Doctor forced her to kind of sexism of just making her a dinner lady. There's many ways you could take that, as like Rose isn't clever enough to be a teacher. Um, she doesn't have the qualification that she's not clever enough to be a teacher, or. You know, I don't know. I, I do think it was weird to make her a dinner lady, I have to say. And I'm not saying there's n- anything wrong with being a dinner lady. My Both my nan and my mother were dinner ladies. Yeah, they are incredible people and they do amazing work. And I have very fond memories of dinner ladies. But within the context and framing of the episode, it's just yeah. a bit weird and always slightly icky and a bit sexist for me. But yeah, it's a bit of a weird choice. I feel like she could have been somebody else. I don't know who right now. My brain isn't completely turned on in this moment to think, but... I think what you're trying to say with Less Elegance is that there's nothing inherently wrong with being a lady, but the show frames it as being a sort of funny and relatively sexist thing that happens, and that Rose Tyler is capable of doing anything that she wanted to, and she should be pigeonholed into being a dinner lady, especially by the very show-offy and sometimes quite bravado-y sexist Tenth Doctor. Uh... All we need to remember is she's got the bronze. She does have the bronze, and that was wonderfully put. Thank you. I remember, the fucking doctor later on becomes a caretaker, so fuck him. Yeah, but you know, she has the bronze, so it's fine. Do you know what I mean? She could have been a gymnastics teacher, for flip's sake. Exactly. <laughs> I want to kind of talk about the end scene, because I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. I don't know. There must have been a filter on the lens. I don't know. Maybe it was a particularly sunny day. I don't know what it's it is. Very, very, very uh, overlit, isn't it? It's overlit, but it also has a glow to it, which I quite like. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. It's not. I don't. I don't dislike it. It doesn't upset or offend me, but it's uh, certainly overexposed. One thing I will say is, again, I was watching this on my lunch break, and uh, my coworker TJ. Hi TJ, if you're listening, and if you're not, you're a bad friend. Um, Hello TJ he was watching it with me and he started laughing and then I started laughing because it was the bit, like I said, when Sarah, Sarah's walking to the TARDIS, the cut-out insert of the TARDIS, so, like, the background... So it's oh, like yeah. you, it's yeah. not good. They did not even try because you see the bottom of it is... It doesn't, like, blend in. It just stops so you can see it's an image. 
yeah, normally they sort of frame it at like a sort of waist high up so you can't quite see that it's just a 2D image that doesn't touch the floor. Or, you know, they actually do it properly where like, you know, it's not just a flat floor with like a flat picture and you can tell it's like blended in a bit more and there's like more depth of field or depth going on. Not depth of field, depth. Um, but yeah, so that was very funny. Uh, that's the first thing. It yeah, they is. Just, they didn't even try. Um, second Again, of all... I can't... Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. It is very funny. Again, I can't be mad because I do, as much as I, I love the cutouts and I love, obviously, the CGI and things that I use nowadays, I do have a very big soft spot for the classic open the TARDIS doors and just step into the black void of an empty wooden box and then suddenly you're just inside the TARDIS when we cut to the studio stuff. I do kind of miss that from the classic series, not going to lie. Yeah. It makes more sense, in my opinion, because it looks more like... If they just lit it a bit differently... Anyway, doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, that last scene is so beautiful. And now, again, watching it now, now that Liz Sladen has passed and stuff, when he says goodbye, my Sarah Jane, it makes me want to sob into my pillow. Yeah. I don't... Oh like feeling these emotions well it's fine you know one of the last times we see her just in doctor who you know not on her own spin-off but last time we see her in doctor who it's because she's uh crying and waving goodbye to the dying 10th doctor so at least that's cheery yeah that because of yeah i don't know <laughs> we'll get to it but yeah it's it's extremely it's just really beautiful and then obviously he picks her up and gives her a hug, which is really cute. Um, and then the TARDIS uh, dematerializes, and who's there? K9! K9! But yeah, it's lovely. It's like he, he, he got her a brand new model. Is it really the same K9? Probably not. It's not the same, is it? But it is the same. In the no, world, in but way. then to be fair, they also did used to go through them like. No, tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something that you go through quickly, because why not? Like, like the doctor says, oh, it's K nine Mark three to be precise. Um, I really enjoy how banged up K nine looked with the exposed side panel, and again, that toy is something yeah, I would like. Rust. Uh, adding that to my Doctor Who wish list of all of the things Rose Tyler has ever worn, uh, and the K nine toy. Thank you. Um, if anyone wants to buy them for me, I'll be eternally grateful. Um. <laughs> Or if anyone is selling these things, do let me know. But that's just a, that's just an aside. Um, if anyone yeah. wants to send us things, we don't have a PO box. But you know, if you email us saying I've got stuff I want to give you, well, that will sort something out. <laughs> no, but genuinely, if anyone <laughs> has any of Rose Tyler's outfits that they just want to, you know, any any of that punky fish stuff, send an email and I will buy it off you pronto. Um, but yeah, it's. It's just lovely, and then they're walking away, and it's just beautiful, and it's really cute, and it's just cute. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one last point I want to quickly make is that the Krillotane slash creature POVs are popping off. Yeah, like, they actually do quite a lot of good work in this episode at sort of concealing the not very good Krillotane CGI, and they actually do some very creative things. There's that shot where the Krillotane are jumping through the school, but then they, like, transform back into humans and they do it entirely in shadows and sound design and that's pretty cool i completely agree with you i think the shadow play and the practical mixed with the cgi even though a lot of the cgi isn't great 
Is it VFX or CGI? I don't bloody know. The visual effects that are going on on screen, um, the mix of that with the shadows and all that. Yeah, I agreed. Really, really well done with those elements. Yeah. They seem to hold they seem to hold back a decent bit in this episode. But they also show the Krillotane enough where you just kinda of get used to how they look and they don't feel objectively terrible every time they're on screen because you just kind of know that's what they look like. Exactly. So yeah, good stuff. BBC effects team. So Elliot, do you have any more points to make about school reunion? Uh I'm not going to lie to you, sweetie. I was just kind of flagging for the last bit because as much as I do enjoy this episode, I think as we got into the last little run Again, I just don't think there's much. There's, there's not much meat to analyse, but uh, it's having fun. I'm having fun, and instead of making detailed notes, I was just writing down lines and purely existing off how much good vibe this was giving me. To quote everybody's favourite Beatle, George Harrison, "Good vibes, man." <laughs> yeah. So I think that calls for our little roundup that we do at the end. So what we tend to do, if you are not familiar is we talk about our standout moment, our least favourite moment, our most doctory moment, and our most favourite quote. Sometimes in that order, sometimes not in that order, but we always cover those things. So, Elliot, darling. Darling. Hello. Favourite moment. Standout moment. moment. Standout moment. Um, Probably the uh, reintroduction of... The TARDIS to Sarah and that little scene that Sarah and the Doctor share in the gymnasium. It's very good. Murray's score is absolutely giving there. It's haunting. Always sends little shivers down my spine and both Elizabeth Sladen and David Tennant are absolutely on fire. Nice. What about yourself? For me, it's Rose and Sarah Jane's argument that leads into them having a giggle fit. It's great. That is beautiful. The Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster. Lovely. Um... What's the moment that didn't work for you? Uh, I think that there are a couple of like nitpicks that didn't work for me, but I'm actually going to pick one that's mostly just kind of funny in sort of how bad it is. Is uh, For some reason, the kid who plays Kenny, not a bad actor, until for some reason they get outside after the school's blown up and he doesn't know which way to look or where the camera is and where he's meant to be delivering his lines and he just kind of fumbles all over them and it's really embarrassing to watch for about 30 seconds. And when the girl's like, did you have something to do with this? And she's like, definitely a theatre kid. And then he's like looking from side to side and he's like, where's the camera? Where's my mark? Where do I deliver my lines? And he just goes, uh, uh, yeah, I did, yeah. And then she just goes, oh my God, Kenny blew up the school. And then everybody like cheers him. I just, my eyes roll every time I have to watch that scene. You're so right about that girl being a a theatre kid. Oh, right. she is. Again, not one of my favourite lines, but one of my favourite line deliveries in the whole episode is her going, break time's finished early. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yeah. she's, she's, she is a stage kid. She's giving. I love it. What's a, what's a moment that didn't work for you? For me. For me. For me. For you. <laughs> for me, it's the Krillotane. I'll be honest, just that... That uh, there's a few things that said that didn't work. Are they are they a moment? Not a moment, but they're just that. They didn't are the work moment for me. They are the moment, and they that that didn't <laughs> work for me. So we don't always say a moment. It's always maybe it's a thing or whatever. But that's the thing that didn't really work for me, to be honest. Okay. That is. Fair I think enough. that counts. And do you know what? I'm also the co-host of this podcast. I'm going to say it counts. Continuing my crusade of uh, toys that I had for Doctor Who that no one else really had. I did have a couple of Krillotane. Oh, you did. I think just I had to have them all. 
I mean, I'm I on the all. I'm on the cusp of recollecting the Doctor Who figures. I actually have everything. From, I, I I've still kept everything from what I had. I may or may not have lost my 11th Doctor and Amy Pond, which is actually really sad, and I need to go look into that. There's a lot of stuff at my mum's house that I need to go and find because I had a lot of Doctor Who merch. I actually had low-key a Doctor Who shrine, which I haven't actually... Ellie, I haven't showed you this. I found some photos from my old Tumblr, and my God. My yeah. God. Just another um, beautiful day trip to Tangent City. Yes. So anyway, come see the sights such as Waffle Fountain <laughs> and irrelevant pathway. Sorry, I I actually would like to see you talk to you, Shrine. I'm just, I just, I'm enjoying. I, I had the joke of 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 Tangent City built up in my head too much that I couldn't say it. I could not say it. Well. Anyway, I'm going to be collecting the Doctor Who figures again because I want to have my I want to recreate my Doctor Who shrine, but more adult version. Says the person uh-huh. saying that she's going to collect Doctor Who figures again. Anyway, I don't have any I don't have any piece of Doctor Who much of my childhood other than uh, Yana's fob watch, and I also have the eleven Doctors action figure set that has all of them in that sort of display window. Fun fact: I had the fob watch, and I sold it online. A few years ago, I know, mm. I know, and My, the lights, uh, the I got scammed. Mine still work. I you, got scammed. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Um, this person on Facebook Marketplace. Don't use Facebook Marketplace, people. It honestly is rife with idiots and twats. Um, I sold this watch to this guy, and he scammed me out of. I sold. I sold it for like eleven pounds. I was only scammed out of eleven pounds. Last call. Bus to Tangent City. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping at, stopping at a relevancy cul-de-sac <laughs> and vague threats to a man from Facebook Marketplace Square. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was your most doctory moment? What was the most doctory moment? When, what was the doctor doing that was the most doctory? What was giving? God, there's so much fucking doctor in this episode. Um, they should have called it Doctor Who. Yeah. Um... <laughs> but as much as we have questions over perhaps the decision of blocking of the scene, I really do like the confrontation by the swimming pool. Uh, the sort of vague threats the Doctor using his words about having to be angry and the talk of the time war and different things. I just thought it was very, very interesting, kind of grand nature of not taking prisoners. I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was very... Tenth Doctory specifically. Yeah. How about yourself? For me, for me, uh, <laughs> for you, the Doctor pretending to be a teacher, it just oozes Doctor energy. It oozes pick me energy as well. He's he. Do you know what? the Doctor <laughs> was kind of a pick me in this episode, but whatever. Um, do you know what? Ten is My a low key pick me, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. Such pick me behaviour. Anyway, but yeah, to me that is um that is the most doctory thing that he could have done. Yeah, that is definitely up there to be fair, for me. Now this is the bit I'm dying to hear. What is your favourite quote slash quotes? Because yeah. sometimes we take the piss and we say more than one. Because <laughs> there's about a hundred in this episode. Yeah. So many that I love. I think if I was being has been true to my authentic self because of the the cadence and the way it's delivered, it's probably since Finch arrived, he's brought seven new teachers, five didn't ladies and a nurse, thirteen. Thirteen big bat people. Who says that? 
That's ten. Ten. Ah. I don't remember. Oh no, fine. Fuck it. I'll do it. So I'll do another one. Um, I just like I like the way like the way he says thirteen. Thirteen big bat people. Fair enough. That's valid. Valid. But I have about a hundred others. So uh, say another one. Go on. Chuck another one in the mix. Oh God. Uh, Um. There are almost too many. Uh, I love. Okay, I. I'm sorry if this is one of yours, but I love the, of the. Oh, I need to. I need to get into the school. Do you have a lock picking device? We are in a car. Maybe you drill. That's good. We are in a car. A well, fat lot of good you are. We are in a car. Man, wait a second. Create a car. <laughs> it's great. You know it is good. Forget the shooty dog thing. You bad dog. dog. Affirmative. There's hundreds. Uh, and then I, I do have a more serious one, but I'll, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you go. So I'm not just taking the wall up. My favourite quote, and it's probably an obvious one because it's delivered beautifully and it's very poignant, it's very emotional and it's great, is Sarah Jane saying, the universe has to move forward. Pain and loss, they define us as much as happiness or love. Whether it's a world or a relationship, everything has its time and everything ends. Girl? Which, I mean, it's basically... A, uh, I was gonna say a rehash, but that sounds bad. But it's a, a retreading or reaffirming of uh, what nine says in the end of the world. Everything has its time, and everything dies. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say one of my other favorites, though, which is uh, Sarah Jane right at the end of the episode, which says some <laughs> things are worth your heart getting broken for. Oh, that's a good one. That's lovely. So her last, her last little passing message to her is that some things are worth your heart getting broken for. But there are literally there are hundreds. Of, all right, team. Oh, I hate people who say team. Gang. Comrades. <laughs> Fam. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> as, as we touched on earlier, happy slappy hoodies, happy slappy hoodies, hands bows. <laughs> happy slappy hoodies, hands bows, and ringtones. Uh, yeah, great. What I a, love the way he says that. Good one for quotes. Uh, to, to be fair, I do like I do like the, oh, you scream like a little girl. I'm p- picturing nine pigtails, frilly skirt. His cadence and his delivery is always just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Disinfectant. The what? The de- disinfectant. The what? The disinfectant. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I think that is everything other than our scores. What would you give this episode out of five? Because here at the Come Along Pond podcast, we give a rating out of five. Sometimes half points. And here at the Come Along Pond podcast, we love fun. We love series two. Don't know what Daniel is going to say. But actually, for me, this would probably be a comfort watch. There were some episodes during Series 1 where Dan was like, this is a comfort watch. And I was like, nah, it's fine. This is one of my comfort watches. If I just wanted to throw on a random episode of Doctor Who and have fun, this would be one of the ones where I wouldn't have to think very hard about it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a four. Okay. Um, Because, yeah, not only is it having fun, it's having having the fun of New Earth whilst also doing genuinely interesting character stuff with Sarah Jane and other things. The stuff that doesn't quite work is nowhere near egregious enough to particularly bother me, personally. Yeah. But what about you? I'd give this episode a three out of five. Totally valid. Because genuinely, like, there's a lot of stuff re-watching this, because I don't actually watch this episode a lot. It's not one of my most rewatched episodes. But on rewatch, I mean, I've seen it a lot of times, obviously. But like in terms of me rewatching episodes of Doctor Who, like for example, I don't know, let's pull one out of the sky, Stolen Earth. 
I will rewatch that episode. I've seen it at least 60 times. Like, I know it at the back of my hand. This one, not 60 times. Um, But, like, I remember the car driving into the school being way cooler in my head than it actually was seeing it again. Because seeing it, I was oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, the, it's the not effect that is not that great. I remember the, the Doctor Who Confidential episode. I remember that because they made a big deal out of it. I mean, like, it's it's an impressive thing to achieve practically. It's just that it doesn't smash through in a particularly grand fashion, and they do also play in slow motion. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for me, it's a three out of five. It's good. It's fun. I enjoy myself. I'm not bored, but I do fundamentally have issues with the creature itself and just some of the story elements aren't my favourite. But I will say main reason why this is a three out of five is for Sarah Jane. So that brings the metaphorical, but also physically, because it's dark outside, curtains down on another episode <laughs> of the Carolong Pond podcast. I've had a great time. I think Damla has as well, as I can hear down the end of the old dog and bone. She is laughing her head off. <laughs> so... We will get properly into the wrap-up in a second, but just before I do that, before you listen to my dulcet tones roll off as many things as I possibly can without taking a gulp of air, we actually have to do our very first Patreon shout-out. How absolutely exciting is that? Ecstatic. So we would just like to give a very special shout-out to Lewis, who is on our Patreon, and also the ever-wonderful Transgirl Aubrey, we've had correspondence for in the past we both really appreciate your kind donations it really means a lot that people want so to much. do this for us because it is insane i wouldn't say you spend your money elsewhere because then we wouldn't get any but also oh my god um <laughs> <laughs> but we do really appreciate it there will be more information on the patreon in the little wrap-up segment so if you're interested keep an ear open Yep. But honestly, thank you so, so much. Thank uh, you, thank you, thank you. And if you've sent love us a message guys. on Patreon, we will reply. But honestly, we love you both so much. It's yep. unbelievable. Actual, actual love. Actual love. That's the rub. Let's get down to the dub. So you can get in contact with us any way you deem fit. You can email us at comealongpondpod at gmail.com. As you heard at the start of this episode, people have done that, and if you do, we will read it out, and we will thank you and be eternally grateful. As you just heard there, you can support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash comealongpondpodcast. You don't have to donate anything. You can just listen to the episodes and support us that way. But if you do want to support us, it is literally £3. It's the lowest tier the Patreon could offer, and you will get a shout-out at the end of the show, as you would have heard. We're on Instagram, we are at Come Along Pond Podcast. You can send us a message there. We are on Twitter, which will be getting updated probably soon. We are there at Come Along Pond DW. We're on YouTube, Come Along Pond Podcast. Very easy to find us. Once again, that is getting to get updated properly, we promise. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Maybe other platforms coming soon. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Other than that, <laughs> this has been the Come Along Pond podcast. I have been having an interesting time. Me too. Damn technology. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn, it's been lovely talking to you. Same to you, my lovely. It's been very, very fun. Something like that, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it has been... Absolutely great fun, as per usual. Overcoming adversity. Have a lovely day. So lovely talking to all of you at home. And we give you air from our lungs. 
Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Ciao. See ya. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.